Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 27th of September 2012. I always suggest that newcomers make good use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. There's lots to download there, lots of audios for free, and you'll start to understand the system you're born into and how incredibly controlled, uh, microscopically controlled in fact that it really is. Nothing has been missed to do with society and managing all of us, of course, in every aspect of our lives. And not only that, too, to ensure that a small group at the top can dominate the whole world, the ones that they think are more eugenically superior than all the rest have the right to do so. And they've got lots of their own books out about that, too. It's a big, big thing today in science, bioethics and so on, and eugenics. And they're going full steam ahead to take over the whole world, all of its resources, including all humans, and they're also teaching the public in the meantime, as they're doing all this, that you are under authoritarianism. That's the technique that they're using, and people are accepting it now. They're getting used to the idea that experts are running their lives, and that's a natural order of things. So help yourself to the audios, and remember, to this, there's also print-ups. Uh, you can get of them too, off the same sites at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You get print-ups in English for for printing up and uh Going to Alan Watts sent in sentinel.eu for ones in other languages of the talks that I've given. Member two, you are the audience that bring me to you. I don't bring on advertisers as guests. I don't sell lots of stuff uh, to, for, to, to cure all diseases and stuff like that or make you live forever. I just come out with the, the sad news. And sad news it certainly is because we're on such a roll today at the top. They've, they've already trained generations now to accept this kind of system. Now's the time to put it in place. So remember, too, that uh, you are the ones who bring me to you. So you, you can help me keep going by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office. You can send cash or use PayPal. And across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. Straight donations are really, really and uh, very desirable right now, put it that way. Because we're all under austerity, you see. Inflation, which they call quantitative easing. And, and as we go through the big changes of the world, learn to consume less, learn to pay a lot more money for the same items you used to get, including all your energy. And this is called austerity. This is the new world order as they train the public into the new system. Some countries are hit far more worse than others. Uh, Britain's just a basket case with it. So is a lot of Europe, of course. And we see the problems going all throughout Europe as the bankers run the whole of Europe now. That was the plan a long time ago because the boys who set up this whole structure a 100 years ago, uh, Royal Institute for International Affairs, Consular Foreign Relations, that was their plan back then, to bring the world into the, in the, into the kind of rulership that it should be under, 
uh, where they themselves at the top should run it since they naturally, everything ran on money and they ran all the money so why not have them in charge of it all? Sounds awfully nice, doesn't it? And also academia would be brought on board and we'd be bombarded with specialists of all kinds so that we'd never think for ourselves ever again. In fact, we'd doubt our own reasoning eventually. Most folks do. If they get a little, a little aha moment where things doesn't seem, something just doesn't seem quite right, according to the media, you start doubting your own logic and reasoning. And as, sure enough, an expert will come along and tell you, here's the real reason this is happening, and totally bamboozle you into compliance. Quite easy, isn't it? But mind you, there's never been such a time like this before in history because we've got so much entertainment doing a number on our brains, all bizarro stuff. Macabre, in fact, as we go through the big changes. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and We've been trained too that life is very cheap. It's been going on for years now, this training that life is very cheap. Oh, there's too many people and they keep showing you all these nasty things happening all over the world. And and, and you start to say, yeah, I guess there's too many people. Even though your own census bureaus will tell you that uh, the native populations of every country are plummeting and immigration into the first world countries is the only reason it keeps it up. I've done whole articles on that over the years, but that doesn't matter because we're, we're trained that life is cheap and no one really cares much anymore. We're egocentric, you see, and uh, that's the, the system that they'd bring in at the end. That's what they said 50, 60, 70 years ago. Guys like Bertrand Russell talked about it. Create narcissism and be people egocentric and uh, they, the world would revolve around them. As long as they were happy, they wouldn't care what happened to anybody else. That's already happened today. And then you find that the next step and the next step and the next step of all the repercussions of this kind of behavior because the big boys can, can utilize uh, the, the defects in society now and the chinks in the armor. I talked to a guy who harvests organs pretty well all the time in the U.S. and he just came back from a big meeting they had uh, with, for, for harvesters. That's quite a name, harvesters. They're, they're farmers, right? But... Uh, it was in, it was in, down in Massachusetts and, uh, they've got a new technique now, you see, when they take organs from, from cadavers. They're not cadavers when they start, they want the body to be alive. Uh, so, so that they can harvest everything while basically the blood's flowing through it. But the problem has always been that, and it kept the numbers down in the US, that the problem has been that, um, especially with hearts and things like that and lungs, is that you could only freeze them or keep them cool for about four hours or so. So we had to get that back to wherever it was to get put in the recipient in time. Now they've extended it to at least 12 hours, maybe more up to 20, by a machine, using a machine that circulates the blood of the, of the cadaver into the machine so it's its own blood with the organs and pump it through the organs and they can bring stuff now possibly from China or across Europe into the U.S. and vice versa. And so all the rich elites, people of the world, can, can, can extend their lives. And it's going to be mean a lot more money for all the people involved in the whole business of, of, of organ uh, transplants and harvesting. So it's, it's on a roll now because life is cheap. Nobody thinks about it. We've seen documentaries 
many documentaries from China where they actually match people's DNA in the prisons and someone needs someone's particular heart or lungs, whatever, and they just pop them off. Uh, and even vans that go around and do it, and they harvest them all there. Well, we, we accept all this step by step until we're dehumanized, until they come for you. And it becomes like Monty Python in a sense. And the meaning of life where they start off with two guys coming for a guy's liver right at his front door. Can we have your liver? You know, and it's a big joke, but uh, these guys knew where it was all going to. There's an article here. It says the New York Organ Donor Network pressurized hospital staffers to declare patients brain dead so their body parts could be harvested and even hired coaches to train staffers how to be more persuasive a bombshell lawsuit charged yesterday. The federally funded non-profit used a quota system and leaned heavily on next of kin to sign consent forms when patients were not registered as organ donors, the suit charged. They're playing God, said the plaintiff Patrick McMahon, 50, an Air Force combat veteran and a nurse practitioner who claims he was fired as a transplant coordinator after just four months for protesting the practice. Now, Canada's been doing that for at least 10 years. They have fly-in teams to persuade their relatives at very, at very um, vulnerable points in, in, in their mental state to, to, to allow the person to be terminated, basically, so they can get the organs. Says here, so often as here, these important cases seem to involve a fired righteous whistleblower who may actually be a disgruntled uh, fired employee making trouble. But the mere filing of this lawsuit is a warning that should get us thinking about preserving trust and integrity in organ transplant medicine. First, we need, we need binding national standards for declaring death and organ donation cases that are followed universally in hospitals. I guess I mean, I guess I mean all hospitals. We don't have them. Second, there does seem to be a potential to treat some patients as organ farms uh, if the case is seen as hopeless. This utilitarianism needs to be resisted at all quarters. Third, trust and integrity of the medical system is waning. And with the pressure to cut costs in healthcare growing stronger, it'll weaken even further, which is why we can never accept a presumed consent system of organ donation. Finally, the quality of life ethic poisons all it touches. People who believe right or wrongly that their loved ones were abandoned for their kidneys and livers will refuse consent. And it goes on and on. But the thing is, as I say, according to the one I was talking to, the guy who harvests organs, it's a major boom, a boom to the industry. And they're going to really take off now, get a lot more money coming in because you can do maybe 20,000 transplants as opposed to, 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 to four or five per year, put for that thousand per year. So up to 20,000 by using foreign donors and so on, flying all over the place. One day, you know, I don't know if it's done yet, but one day you'll be able to order them, I'm sure, on the internet, you know, kidney needed here and DNA type, the whole bit. And they'll do a search. And then there'll be all kinds of mafia gangs involved in knocking people off, but they have the same matches as the patient. And, and that'll come too. This is, this is the reality of the world we're in today. And don't kid yourself that it's not. That's where, how bad it is. Now, the EU, the European Union, Telcos, it says defend UN internet takeover plans. It's a trade association of 41 European telephone companies responded last week to mounting concerns over its controversial proposal to turn internet traffic management over to the International Telecommunications Union, which is the regulatory body of the United Nations. 
The European Telecommunications Network Operators Association, or ETNO, made its proposals in June, part of a year-long process to revise an ITU treaty known as the International Telecommunications Regulations. Changes to the treaty, which has not been revised since 1998, will be finalised later this year in Dubai at the World Conference on International Telecommunications. Only national governments can vote on the new treaty, but non-governmental organisations, here again the armies of them, all funded by the foundations, like ETSNO, who pay the ITU upwards of $70,000 annually, can participate in WCIT, including proposing changes to the treaty. So I'll put this one up tonight as well for those who want to go through. I don't think people really care anymore who's watching or who's in charge or, or anything else. They really don't. They're past that. There's also a hacker, a guy who's known as a hacker. I've got a little video on him. And he says privacy is dead. Get used to it. And he's, he's not using anything now, phones or anything, because you, you can't have privacy anymore using electronics. It's impossible. It's so easy to get in a little snitch of you from any type of communication and they can match up with you in seconds, automatically. But most folk don't mind. They don't mind. Now, things are getting pretty bad, as we know, uh, with austerity and quantitative easing, which is just uh, inflation, and the prices of everything skyrocketing as we get taught to be austere. And food has shot up in countries, in Canada especially, more so than the States even. So much so that this, this article did not really, um, nothing startles me these days, put it that way. You know what's coming. For instance, in Britain, rustling, rustling, for goodness sake, is back in vogue big time. Where folk are, are, are stealing sheep and cows and everything because there's an underground food business because people can't afford the stuff under the EU. It's all fixed rig prices, you see, very high. So there's a lot of under-the-table black market stuff going on, and the ones at the bottom, I guess, will have to use it because they can't afford the stuff at the top of the regular supermarkets, which is junk anyway. But here's Canada too. It says, charges laid in large-scale Canada-US, no kidding, cheese smuggling operation. And two of the guys involved were cops. They worked on the border. So on the 27th of September 2012, three men were arrested and charged in regard to a large-scale smuggling scheme to distribute cheese products. Cheese here is out of sight. No one can buy it anymore. This is another food items into Canada. The investigation involved investigators from the Niagara Regional Police Service, the Department of Homeland Security, Border Enforcement Security Task Force, and the Canada Border Services Agency. And it's been ongoing since January 2012. Charge of Scott Heron, 39 years, Casey Langeland, 48 years, and Bernie Polino, 44 years. Scott Heron is a constable with the Niagara Regional Police Service on June 26. As the investigation proceeded, Chief Jeffrey McGuire suspended the officer from duty and so on and so on. And then Casey Langelin is no longer employed by the Niagara Regional Police Service as well, so there's two of them fired. And then the last one, Bernie Polino, is a resident of Fort Erie. The network involved purchasing of cases of cheese and other food items and transporting these cases into Canada without declaring the items or paying duty. Once the products arrived in the country, they were sorted and prepared for distribution to a variety of restaurants in southern Ontario. The investigation revealed that there was a significant financial gain to be made on the smuggling operation. It revealed over $200,000 worth of cheese and other products were purchased and distributed for an estimated profit of over $165,000. 
So it goes on to do with the charges, and there's all slew of charges to do with smuggling and smuggling and smuggling. Just amazing. But as I say, these things will blossom as we go into deep, deep austerity, because a lot of folk, it's always the folk at the bottom that can't afford things anymore, first of all, you see. There's always a big market for it. Now, you always hear about this great hurrah. It's always a hurrah to do with with uh, people of the same gender getting married and so on. If you believe the papers, you think the world has totally changed and this is all that's happening today. But this is an article says, The Real Story of Canada's Census and Marriage. It says, um, While the social progressives spin the latest census data to trumpet the supposed demise of conservatism and traditional family, and the meteoric rise of diverse arrangements, Canadians should know the true story behind the statistics. The census actually tells us that most children live with their married parents, and same-sex couples are a tiny minority. Then it gives you the facts and the real statistics. You never believe that, because the media tells you otherwise. Back with more after this. I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, going through the census to do with actuality, with, with family members and so on, and children living together. It's opposed to the stuff the media uh, harays about genders, marrying the same genders and all this kind of stuff. It gives you a complete fake uh, idea of, of reality. But it says here that um, married couples' families actually increased 3.1% and accounted for 67% of all census families, which are all couples with or without children in 2011. Most children live in married two-parent families. That's 63.6%. children live with their biological adopted families, which are married, common law, or simple step families. The supposed huge 42.4% increase in same-sex couples since 2006 adds up to only 0.8% of all couples married in common law. Even the 0.8% is not solid, as Statistics Canada included roommates, one or both reported as married, but to someone other than the roommate themselves. 67.5% of same-sex couple families are common law, whereas 167 of all families are common law. Only 126 of all couples with children were step-families, while 497 of same-sex couple families were step-families, the children being brought into these latter unions from previous heterosexual marriages. One-person households increased now 27.6%, but that includes widows and widowers who had raised children in traditional family arrangements for years. So again, everything can be spun according to uh, political purposes and social agendas. And another article too, because we're living in an in, in open, I don't think you can call it corruption anymore, it's, I think it's normalcy, because um, we're being plundered by all the biggest banks in, in, in the US and Canada and elsewhere in London. And we bailed them out too, without being asked to. We were ordered to. You're just done by the ones who own you, basically, that you're going to bail them out through your taxes. And then you, your government borrows money from the same bankers, basically, the money lenders. And then you have to pay it back because you're the guarantors. We call this democracy, by the way. So there's no such thing today as really corruption. I think this is a normal way. It's in your face today. 
And we see all these guys walking off and or carrying on in the big banks and, and getting paid billions, of, of course, and bonuses and so on. And no one really bothers about it. But companies paid more to CEOs than in U.S. taxes, it says. 26 big U.S. companies paid their CEOs more last year than they paid the federal government in tax, according to a study released Thursday by a liberal-leaning think tank. A study by the Institute for Policy Studies said the companies, including AT&T, Boeing, and Citigroup, paid their CEOs an average of $20.4 million last year while paying little or no federal tax on ample profits according to regulatory filings. On average, the 26 companies generated net income of more than $1 billion in the U.S., the study said. It blasted tax rules allowing unlimited deductions for CEOs' performance-based pay, like many stock options. It said the five biggest performance payers amongst the 26 companies took $232 million of these deductions last year. Among the kingpins it criticized was CEO James McNerney, Jr. of Boeing, and said he got $18.4 million in pay last year, while his company received a tax refund of $605 million. <laughs> Not bad, eh? <laughs> it also led into Citigroup for paying CEO Vikram Pandit $14.9 million, while the bank received a net $144 million in tax benefits. 18 of the 26 companies received cash back or credits to apply against tax in the future, according to the report. It says the study is a 45-page attack on the corporate tax code. So deductions and credits are allowing companies to lavish big pay packages on executives so they can cut their tax bills while Washington gets less money in a time of trillion-plus deficits. So it says our nation's tax code has become a powerful enabler of bloated CEO pay, the study said. And as I say, not, nobody's shocked by it. I'm sure all of you listeners out there are not shocked by it at all. This is common stuff now. We're living in plunder time and we're all being plundered openly. Now I'm sure you've all heard about this too, because in the US and, and Canada and all other countries, there's always groups that, that are agitating for certain rights or, or even rights for certain other countries. Uh, and, uh, uh, where they actually give their homage, basically. But since the NYPD ramped up security at 10 subway stations yesterday after the NTA was, was, was forced to install a controversial ad campaigning branding, uh, campaign branding enemies of Israel as savages, uh, told the Post. It says, the 46 by 30 inch ads which the NTA unsuccessfully tried to block were pasted onto subway walls throughout the day in heavily trafficked areas such as Grand Central Station and Times Square. The American Freedom Defense Initiative, which is a pro-Israel group spearheaded by activist Pamela Geller, I think she, I think she's a Mossad agent, Pamela Geller, paid $36,000 for 30 days of ad space. This is, um, some people, of course, are outraged. Javrira Khan, the Times Square station yesterday, called this advertisement, others like it, a slap in the face to all Muslims. It's disheartening something that this would actually go up. And it says, uh, I'm appalled at the fact that they can use the term savage so easily categorize the whole Muslim world under the word savage, said Javira Khan. She called the ads a slap in the face and so on. It's disheartening something like this would actually go up. And Rebecca Klinger, who is Jewish and lived for Israel, calls the ads contrary to Jewish teachings and Jewish philosophies. I find it appalling that everyone claiming to be pro-Israel would suggest some human beings are savage and less than human. The Nazis tried to do the same thing to the Jews and to make them seem less than human, she said. You understand, within every group, there's radicals who do see folk as less than human. 
and sometimes it's even taught with radical parts of their religion. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back cutting through the Matrix. Now, there's a caller from George from California. Is he still on the line there? George? Hey. Yes. Nice talking to you, Alex. Yes. Yes. Uh, I wanted to get to your explanation more about the control of the elite by the possibility of archons or super beings from out of the universe. I know you believe more in the structure of the balance of control throughout the centuries of the, of the technocrat. But is there a possibility that there could be a scheme of um, unbelievable scale of of, uh, of the possibility of something like an archon or the definition of an archon? Well, well that's really into Scientology, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you can say that. Yeah. But, well, all ancient religions went into something similar. And even to the present time, and a few that are left, they talked about something called demons, you know. And, um, and not just demons, but actually demons that rebelled against this creator, as they believed in, in the universe. And they came here, and or were put here. And it doesn't matter if you go into even pre-Hebraic scriptures, and to, to the old Persian scriptures, you find the same stories about this same happening. And even modern Christianity, what's left of it, even though it's all diluted and warped, because uh, a lot of them don't believe in this anymore, uh, have their basis in this whole thing. Now, these demons supposedly were going to, uh, they created their own bodies out of pure willpower. And they, since they came from another sphere or, or, or arena of reality, um, they they could do that. They still had supernatural powers. That was a belief, and so they created perfect bodies for themselves. But after a while, they started to interbreed with the the inhabitants or the planets that, that, that were already here, humans, and they started to lose these powers. Hence, they went back to interbreeding amongst themselves, and and that's also the reason for genealogies or eugenics to to, to trace themselves to try and get these powers back. But the whole point was to take over the world. And again, everything in it, and it's awfully odd, I always admit that, you know, you got this dilemma where you have ancient writings talking about the present time, a long agenda of uh, certain families, very old families with long genealogies, uh, that have always run the money system, uh, that's the beginning of civilization, in fact, they, they gave us the term civilization, came with their money system, and uh, with the money system you have slavery, and and uh, today we're working towards a lot, lots of them at the top are working towards, and they've openly published it, like Charles Galton Darwin in the 1950s, and he was a physicist. He talked about uh, he says we now he's talking about his own particular long lineage here, and all the rest of his kind. It's interesting. He says that we um, mustn't change ourselves, in other words, dumb ourselves down, but we'll do it with the rest of the public. We'll alter them even with hormones, males and females. Introducing it into the injections, into their food, into their water, until they will no longer fight back with us. 
He says, but we must retain our wild capabilities because then you're natural, you're a survivor. The people won't need that because they'll be managed by the state. The state will be taking care of all their problems for them. That's happened. That's happened in the 20th century and the 21st century. And, and here we are today where they're openly uh, going, putting their own bankers in, in charge of countries across the world as presidents and prime ministers. Uh, I, I do think it's odd, I must admit it's odd, that um, it's the only, only reference that you'll have is from ancient times to the present of what's happening today. This, that, that, that is an oddity, I've got to admit that. Yeah. Because I studied uh, occult history, ancient societies, esoteric, and one of the things I can say is that if the New World Order was to fall, it will fall from within. Mm-hmm. So speaking to the members of the lodges, Alpha Lodges, you are the one who will make this New World Order fall. Not from the people, but from the lodges, the Alpha Lodges. And this is speaking to the members, because the order has been corrupted long ago for corruption that we see today, and we're destroying the world for the purpose of these super beings. That this is how they take their power in the writings of the ancients. Yes, and also, too, remember, too, these same characters have been using all of our tax money to create the weaponry they're using against all of us now. Technotronics, spraying the skies like crazy, poisoning us. And they have their own special facilities to cleanse their blood in a very, very effective way. Uh, they, they passed laws even in Canada, the States, and, and uh, Britain in '95 that all employed, all top bureaucrats and politicians and their families would get special treatment. Didn't say what for, uh, in special army, high-grade army hospital bases. They also have big underground bases. They're prepared for every disaster they could possibly bring on themselves and the, the things that they couldn't bring on themselves, these natural disasters, to make sure of their own survival. It's just astronomical. It's beyond science fiction. When you even go into, uh, look, look up the ARCs. It's called ARCs and it's, and it's to do with um, cryogenics. Just the World, World Wildlife Forum itself has three ARCs across the world where they have the genetics, uh, the material of, of every plant, animal, insect species on this planet. And they've actually frozen stuff for years and brought it back to life later on. It's successful. So they, they, they're all ready for all these scenarios. That's just one organization. So the big boys think of every possible thing because they're the only ones that really matter. And top levels, even in the agencies of government, they have these talks of the, always the future, the future, how many must perish uh, so that we may live, etc. Uh, it goes on all the time and in every different scenario they can imagine. The yes. sacrifice of the body, the blood. Absolutely. The blood. That's the whole purpose. Yeah. That's how you bring in the power mm-hmm. through the blood, sacrificial lamb. Well, they, they definitely get off on slaughter. There's no doubt about that. They, they, they really get their jollies on slaughter. And uh, when you stand back from all your conditioning, all the movies you've watched, where, where you're off to fight wars, and at the end, one of your good guys gets killed and there's a flag draped over the coffin and everybody's crying. We're all conditioned to this kind of stuff, to serve your country. What are you serving? You're serving an elite that, that doesn't move off their duff to go abroad and fight themselves. 
they, they make sure that you do it all for them so they can plunder and have people slaughtered and, and take over. And, and remember, too, in ancient times as well, the same people, blood sacrifice was, was their highest thing, the, 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 the taking of blood and blood ritual sacrifice uh, was a key part of their particular religion and uh, and sacrifice too. I don't think it's changed at all. I don't see the difference between a drone coming down on a village and blowing everybody up uh, or, or just cutting their wrists. It's still sacrifice. And, uh, and we're accepting it all. They've trained us all to accept it quite casually now. Uh, and people, most folk do. They, they don't think much about it at all. Energy, just like in the lower lodges, they take the, the members and make them like, use their energy for their own purposes. Like they, well, yeah, yeah. Right, it's a source of energy. People don't understand yeah. that their bodies are a source of electric magnetic forces that correlate with this universe and this earth. Mm-hmm. And our bodies are structured to be one apart another in a way that we can communicate through our senses. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the thing is too. I mean, this, this might sound crazy to other people who haven't dug into it, but I mean, I, I do know. Uh, I've met enough of them in the higher lodges over the years, not just in this country, other countries too, and they do talk about. They, they are into energy big time, and uh, and they're into uh, the, the, using the energy of others, almost like vampires. Uh, and you'd think, understand when you join even the low lodges, this is the key. Whatever religion you've had when you go in, they, they gradually try to wipe it out of you by giving you what's called logic and reasoning until you become basically atheist. Then when you're past that stage, then they introduce the, their own religion to you. That's just how it works. And their own religion is a, is, is a very old one. It's based on, it's like one of the articles I read tonight, superior people, inferior people and even animalistic people. And they say that you're, you're now going up into a higher order of understanding. You're now a special person, and you can look down on all the rest. Even the lower orders, like the 33rd, 32nd degrees, uh, they actually are taught that, and they do believe it. I've talked to them. I've even got links here of one of them who talked about it openly, um, a conversation. And he says, yeah, he says that he actually believed that when he, when he was brainwashed. He believed that he was so superior to all the cattle down below him. And then when you get onto the boards of, of CEOs and corporations, you can really put that disdain to good use because there's, no, there's nothing, there's no morality to hold you back. You have nothing in common with the ones you're going to plunder and use. So you're quite right with that. Now, when you get into the higher orders, even higher orders than that, you're dealing with in psychiatry, if you take a psychopath and the definitions, signs and symptoms of psychopathy, and you put it next to someone uh, who was designated as being demonically possessed in religions, the signs and symptoms are identical. It's just one wants to call it a science, and the other one wants to call it an actual particular belief system. Well, like you said, it's just a mass manipulation. You know, they think they're being a part of it. They're just being manipulated. They're getting into the manipulation of these three ancient occults, but basically moon, sun, and Saturnian. That's right. Yeah, and and the stellar, solar, and lunar, yeah, they had them all. The new extent of the the extremes of Saturn and sun worship. Mm -hmm. 
can see the, the parallels of the moon worship and star worship, but those particular the Sun and Saturn, which they don't really want to talk about, the Saturnians. That's they right. They want to talk more about the, the Sun, but because of Saturn, you got to go deep, deep to all the listeners. Go deep into the research of Saturn. You'll start seeing the correlation of blood worship. Yeah. And why the purpose of blood. And that's when you'll get the picture. Mm-hmm. And then when you see these ancient occult, they use these particular manipulations of their own members for their own energy gains. Yeah. Because they know that they're getting a source of, of energy from their members. And there's no doubt, too, they, they, they love to bring... Uh, spectacular happenings to the world on special dates. You see, astronomical dates, and and uh, and they certainly use them over over again, and as a form to mock the people. But they, they certainly are into all of this stuff. And um, as I said, it's very ancient. It's still with us, big time. And it's actually it's outwardly it's manifesting in front of us today because their symbols are everywhere. Where you look on all the logos of every big corporation that happens to be. And um, it's openly manifested, and, and they've pretty well conquered most of the minds of the general public, who are, are caught up in a form of magic we call entertainment, which is like the twilight zone, because there's never been a time where you take down a whole world and, and throw so much bizarre, dysfunctional entertainment out to them to get lost in, like a like a labyrinth, and it works awfully, awfully well on their minds. Plus, they've drugged the population like crazy, and made them awfully sick. So. So you're dead on with that, but but thanks for calling, uh, and and call again, please. Yes, I will call again. Righto. Thanks. And bye. Uh, bye now. And that's that's really what's happening in the world now. Things are so open today as well, as I say, where governments will tell you if you give money to a charity that happens to be a front for what they've labelled terrorist organisations. Uh, then even if you, un, you're unknowing about it, uh, you're complicit and you'll be charged with it for aiding enemies, you see. But it's just astonishing. We've watched the color revolutions. They're all funded by U.S. aid and the big foundations and the CIA, trained by the CIA, take down country after country. And when that doesn't work totally, then they send in the hard troops. You have soft power and hard power. That's why Kissinger and Brzezinski talked about using soft power or the NGOs that go in and agitate for years to, to get to get demonstrations and riots going. Then you send in the hard power, which is the military. And... You have it open today because Syria, of course, even from the CFR, which really is the, the one who tells all the newscasters what to put out there, since most of them are the newscasters themselves, then they belong to the Royal Institute for International Affairs. It set up the structural system that we're under today across the whole planet. But the Syrians, it says here in this article here, for instance, Syrian Americans offer weapons channel to rebels. Openly. The CBC had it on last night. The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, which is government-owned, did a whole ad for them, basically, a little interview. It was really an ad where folk could send money to these rebels for weapons, right? So they can go over there and kill, you see, kill more people. And it says, uh, says that the challenge for Syria's revolution is to identify and support opposition forces whose goal is a democratic multi-ethnic for a future uh, Syria, it says here. And expatriate Syrian, Syrians create uh, Washington lobby to help arm rebels in nine military councils of the Free Syrian Army. So here are people who want to go and overthrow a government, which is still signed up with the UN. And it's against the UN's policy, remember, supposedly to interfere with internal affairs of any country, no matter what you like or dislike about them. 
but it doesn't matter anymore. Since when Syria's anti-government protests turned into armed rebellion last year, and of course we've got all the data's come out about it, the CIA's admitted it, Obama admitted he sent money uh, to, to, to fund the rebels and so on, and so has Britain and other countries involved in it. President Bashar al-Assad's 300,000 strong military easily outgunned the rebels with tanks, helicopters, gunships and Russian mid-MIG fighter jets. A small group of Syrian-American and Syrian-Canadian expatriates calling themselves the Syrian Support Group have established what they believe is an independent and reliable channel to, that help the major rebel groups in Syria get more and better weapons and equipment. Like, they really need it. This is a PR thing. You understand? We're getting PR from your own governments. Are, are they... What's, what's in the name here? Rebels? Are they rebels or terrorists? Understand new linguistics and how they're used to completely give you an impression that your, your masters want you to have. We've had an, enough videos come back out of Syria to show you the rebels slaughtering even policemen, lining them up and gunning them down, and other people too. There's rapes galore and so on. Anyway, it says, we are seeking from the U.S. government primarily, said Louis Sakaf, co-founder of the SSG. He said they're also looking for funds to buy weapons from the private sector and governments elsewhere, such as Qatar and Saudi Arabia. Qatar is a staging area where they get the weapons from, from the U.S. and other countries. It says the SSG has a U.S. Treasury license allowing it, it's got a, a U.S. Treasury license allowing it to operate without violating the extensive trade business and arms shipment sanctions imposed by the U.S. government in Syria. So who are they working for? Who are they working for? You you obviously, hopefully, know who they're working for, right? This is in May they hired American Brian Sayers, former NATO military officer to manage government relations in an office three blocks from the White House. What a coincidence. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and cutting through the matrix and just before I go to Chris from Canada, it says Syria rebels get tactical help from Toronto IT specialists. So that was in the CBC uh, last night, our big hurrah thing that we're doing the same thing in Canada to supply rebels and so on. Again, rebels, neurolinguistics, depends what you want to call it, isn't it? So there's Chris from Canada. Are you there, Chris? Yeah, hi, Alan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're familiar with Carl Perkins, eh? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he was actually in my hometown here in Canada. Uh, he did, he did a, a, a lecture on, on what he used to do. Um, and, you know, what I, what I find kind of, uh, scary about the whole situation is, uh, the, everything he says sounds to be true to me. Um, and, and, and I funded it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a taxpayer, mm-hmm. you know, um, a lot of what's going on in the states now, and and and, and here and and everywhere, um, is funded by the people that don't really realize that they're actually giving away their hard-earned money to people that are, are, are causing these, these these situations and these issues that are detrimental to uh, um, your investment. Absolutely, yeah. 
you know, yep. uh, yeah. And, and how do you get the word out to make people understand that we gotta, we gotta, we gotta turn this thing around here. We gotta, you know, simplify things and, 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 and get a good return on our investment as a so-called taxpayer. You know, you, you assume it's coming back to you, but. But the problem here is that, um, this is the system now. This is the system. It's been that for quite some time. And, and people get, um, when they wake up to the system, what it really is, and it's authoritarianism we're under, uh, then you, you realize you don't have the complaints departments that you thought you had. You, you actually don't have even the, the rights that you thought you had because this is the system. It's totalitarian. And you have to start from that point of view. This is, this is totalitarian. And, and, and then how do you, I mean, look at the G20. The G20 is a private club. The prime ministers and presidents at the behest and order of the CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, and Royal Institute for International Affairs set up to, and Carl, Carl Quigley, who was their own historian, said they would do this 60 years ago. And they would use the IMF and every other country and central banks and put them under the Bank for International Settlements in Switzerland. They are doing that now. And eventually they would place their own members in, in as presidents and prime ministers, bankers, they've done that with Greece and other countries. So uh, this is a, you're living through a script. You understand that's the scary part. You're living through a script, and as, this is at the completion stage of it now. Uh, including the European Union, it's all amalgamated. They were the guys who set up in the 1900s to amalgamate the European Union and cause wars to, to give the excuse that we got to amalgamate to stop for future wars. They did all that. They brought the wars on. And they're doing the same with NAFTA uh, through the GATT Treaty and so on. It's still going ahead. Every year, your prime minister meets with the rest of them and signs more agreements of further ties, closer ties. And they're doing the same. They've done the same thing with the Pacific Rim region, as I said they would. The plan's well over a hundred years old, and they published it all over and over again. And, and we're in it. How do you stop something that is a big business plan? And how do we get rights? Most folk are so dissociated from everything today, they won't even stand together and fight for their own personal basic rights, never mind anybody else's. So, but you're right, we've got to get, we've got to get back to the basics here and, and reclaim rights. It's the only way you can do reclaim them for yourselves and elevate the human being up again, the guy at the bottom, and not just part of the masses. We're called the masses by the boys at the top. Thanks for calling. From Hamish Marcel from Chair Canada, it's good night, me your God or your gods go with you.